0: Log Talk Radio.
1: All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Good to be with all of you today. We're just doing a little something different. You know, it's always good to do something a little bit different. Today, we're going to have an amazing broadcast. Brian and Kathy will be joining us today from Tennessee, and we're looking forward to hearing their hearts. God is good and greatly to be praised. And so we're going to praise the Lord and pass the ammunition today. So get ready for your ammunition, what I'd love to do is be able to set this up where we can find that going all the way through in the background. So, uh, but one way or the other, we're just going to say goodbye to that for right now. Stop the screen and uh, get ourselves ready to roll. Praise the Lord. And what are we doing today? Well, God is good. And, you know, we've heard a particular theme uh, the last 24 hours, Patricia and I, when I say we, Uh, We've been talking about something since Saturday night, Saturday evening service, and that is the attitude develops or determines your altitude. And so since we've talked about that on Saturday night, we've been hearing it everywhere we go. In fact, in my commentary out of Romans chapter 15, which Patricia and I are going through, you know, the scriptures again, and we're doing our communion every day, praise the Lord. And uh, in in the scripture commentary, on Romans 15, we absolutely, three times, attitude is mentioned, attitude, attitude, attitude. And uh, I thought, wow, Lord, we are on track by the grace of God. And our attitude does determine our altitude, how high we're going to go, how far we're going to go, what our Christian journey on this earth is going to be like. You know, what is it that we can do with excellence that... Uh, is something that is connected to the economy of God. So I hope today that you'll be blessed. I know the conversation when uh, Brian and Kathy call into the program, we'll go ahead and, uh, by the way, 818-369-0326 is the number to call. And I'm pretty sure we're doing good right now broadcasting on YouTube under New Wine Ministry TV, by the way, and, of course, on the Rev Media, and then, of course, on Facebook. So, Uh, Between those three outlets, platforms, we're getting the word out there, and um, we're living in an amazing time because attitude, right? Attitude towards everything that's going on in the world. How do we respond? You know, what is an attitude? It's my response to the things that are going on. And this is something that is being challenged in all believers. And what we want to do is really address you know our attitude and i love the scriptures to talk about the b attitudes that's what they've always called them they're not actually called that but they are the b attitudes and uh, they're beautiful they're absolutely beautiful and may the holy spirit the power of god help each one of us to develop and cultivate that very attitude of christ may his attitude become our attitude uh, which is super important talking about that i was thinking of a scripture today also that the, uh, I think the apostle Paul mentioned in Corinthians where Jesus became, he who knew no sin, Jesus became sin that you and I might become the righteousness of God. Now I want you to think about that because that's one of those scriptures again. And I just want to kind of confirm that before I go any further, uh, make sure I'm on the right track here. Um, All right, so let's see if I have it. No, that's not the one we're looking for. Okay, let's go this way. We'll go this way. Thanks for being patient. You have a great broadcast, I can tell already. Um, All right, so let's go that way. 2 Corinthians 5.21, here it is. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And to be made or might be made is the genomi again, and that is the word, and I love this, uh, to become, to become or come into being. And it literally talks about... um, Uh, You know, something that's brought to pass, something that that actually becomes. And what what we like about that is that we often talk in the New Wine Ministry family uh, is about what we are becoming. That they who received Him gave He power to become the sons of God, and that every true believer is becoming. We're all in the process of becoming, and it doesn't matter how we entered into the race. It doesn't matter what our background was. It doesn't matter what we did. It doesn't matter where we came from. The fact of the matter is that when we do come to Christ for salvation and we come to the Father through him and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the whole purpose of that is to enable us to become, to empower us to become. And when he, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin that we might be made or that we might become the righteousness of God— That's a very powerful thought when you stop and think about it. You and I are becoming, not in our own strength, not in our own might, not in our own determination or will, but it is God's determination and God's will that we're cooperating with and yielding to because it's his intention that we become the righteousness of Christ, that our lives take on that nature. It is his intention that we become the sons, the weos, of God the very children of God, the mature sons and daughters of God. Without gender, it's a spiritual development. And this becoming is what this life journey is all about. We are, as scripture has said, so journeying through. And there be many snares, there be many obstacles, there be many tactics and strategies and schemes of the devil to try to take as many out as he possibly can. But those who are on the path of becoming who are walking the narrow pathway, who, are, who have entered in at the narrow pathway, who are walking in the spirit, learning, developing spiritual muscles, spiritual strength, spiritual things, um, becoming spiritual men and women of God. Paul said he was a spiritual man and that the natural man didn't understand anything. So this becoming what Christ has called us to be is a phenomenal reality. I mean, it takes us out of the boredom of religion, and it brings us into contact with a reality that is way beyond ourselves and a transformation. And the Bible does say that we are renewed in our minds. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so where is the battlefield? It's in the mind. Every battle that you and I are walking through is in the mind. And the enemy knows how to, you know, war on that territory. You know, the carnal mind uh, is enmity against God. The enemy's strategy is always to condemn, accuse. Uh, You know, the warfare sometimes gets incredible. That's why Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and says, put on the full armor of God. You know, that wasn't a suggestion. That wasn't, well, maybe I'll do today, not tomorrow. Really, one must become cognizant of walking in the full armor of God if they're going to stand every day in the battle and you know, that may seem like a laborious thing and to a degree it is, but what's so you know laborious about putting on your clothes in the morning? Oh gosh, I got to get dressed. You just something you got to do because if you walk out the door and you're not dressed, they're going to put you in a little funny house, right? So you got to get your clothes on. You got to brush your teeth. You need to take care of yourself in the morning. So in the spiritual realm, putting on the helmet of salvation, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, putting on the belt buckle of truth, shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, having in your hand the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's how we go. That's how we go. That's spiritual armor. That is the mind of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the truth of Christ, the peace of Christ, the faith of Christ and the word of Christ, everything Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's how we walk through the dangers of every day on this earth. We are called to be overcomers. We are called to get the victory. We are told that we are more than conquerors and that through Jesus Christ, we always triumph. So we have this victorious reality that our mind must be set on so that we can go through and not pay attention to the accusation, the slander, the God, whatever the enemy's throwing at. The believer. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the moment you believed and your eyes were opened and your awareness became you know, available and, and you understood that God is, well, that's the day you entered into the warfare. Because before you and I came to Christ, our conscience was darkened. We were blinded by the God of this world. We didn't know anything. We had our own ideas. But when the spirit of truth entered in and reality dawned on us, well, that's when the enemy began to make war. In the mind, before Christ, we didn't care about sinning. We didn't care about doing what was right in God's eyes or following Bible instructions. But now we do. And now we've been called to be obedient to the Word of God and to yield to the Word of God and allow the government of God to take you know, high power and position in our lives. So that's where the battle came in, the battle of disobedience, the battle of rejection, the battle of rebellion, the battle of all the thoughts that go into the mind that we were not cognizant of that war because we were once captives. We were captives on our way on the wide road of destruction that led to destruction. So being captive, you know, what did we know? But now that we've been set free, now we're in a war, not only for our own selves, but to set others free and to deliver them from the bondage of corruption and to awaken them to the reality of their condition. Without Christ, they're going straight to hell and going to be uh, disconnected from God forever. So to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and his love and forgiveness and the grace of God and the atonement of Christ to the mind of man is a brilliant thing to do. And when people respond, which they have by the billions around the world throughout the church age, when man responds, well, now he comes into the great conflict of the ages. He has now entered a spiritual war, and it's not necessarily the physical things outside of himself, but the spiritual war within himself. I agree with that, that this is why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, take pulling down imaginations, strongholds in the mind, because it's right between the ears that the biggest battle is being fought. And it is a spiritual battle. It is a battle of thought. It is a battle of words. It is a battle of emotions or feelings. Uh, all these things are incorporated into the battle. And if we don't take possession of our feelings or our emotions or our soul, quite frankly, is what we're talking about. If we don't possess it through your patience, possess your soul, then, you know, the the war just keeps going on. So the enemy is trying to possess your soul. He's trying to get a stronghold or a foothold in your soul, in your thinking, in your emotions, in your ideas, your concepts. He wants in there. He wants to take possession. Well, Through the power of Jesus Christ, we eradicate, we root up, cast out the demonic that has been in the soul, maybe through generational bloodline curses, and we begin to occupy in the place of those who once occupied our soul. And we do it with the word of God. We, We give place to the word of God in our soul, give place to the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God that will be with us forever in our soul. And this is the working out of our salvation is getting the soul emancipated from the powers of darkness and cleaned up from the ravages of those previous occupants that were once dwelling in our soul. They left a lot of junk. It's kind of like finding an old ancient cave and seeing the writings on the wall of those ancient ideas. Well, the enemy inscribed into the soul, he etched into the soul the sin condition of man, and then all of the evils that were accomplished, They're there in memory. That's why they keep coming up in thought. So this is where the blood of Jesus is activated to bring a cleansing, a healing to the conscious, to the subconscious, and to allow the word of God to be written upon our hearts like uh, the point of a diamond being etched into us, the glory of God. So we cannot diminish the power of the word of God, the necessity of studying the word of God, and to come into agreement with the promises of God so that our thoughts can be established on the things of God, because the enemy is going to rage. The enemy is roaring. He, he, he doesn't like losing his territory. You ever see lions fighting or hyenas fighting over their prey? and how they'll attack one another because they want that meat, they want that territory, they want that ground. Well, the devil doesn't want to get out of the, anybody's soul. And if he is cast out, he'll come back later on. Jesus talked about that because he still claims occupancy because he left behind his prey. So this is where the body of Christ has to grow up mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually and get ourselves in this prey of this battle and get the victory on the other side of it. So You know, these are the important things. This is what we're thinking about today. Uh, Your attitude towards the battle. Don't be afraid of the battle. Don't get into, you know, any kind of thought that's going to put fear in you to drive you away from confrontation with the powers of darkness. Remember, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. All right? Therefore, doing all to stand, stand, therefore, In the full armor of God, but we are not wrestling with our, you know, physical flesh, blood. We are wrestling with the demonic, with the demons, with evil spirits, with unclean spirits, with thoughts coming from other people's minds that the devil has put into their mind. So not everybody that's thinking is thinking out of their own mind. You're either thinking out of the mind of Christ or you're thinking out of the mind of Satan. Because the God of this world who blinds the minds of the people, they think they're thinking their own thoughts, but they're really not thinking their own thoughts. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 says that we were all part of the God of this world. We were all yielding the exact uh, scripture on that. Let me just bring it out real quick in Ephesians chapter 2, what the condition of the whole world is in right now. For You, know, you and I were once in this condition, but here's what Paul says. And you, you and I who were born again, Has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. That's what the world's doing right now. But you and I were, we did, walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past and the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. So here we see that the whole world is now doing what? It is under the control, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. We were all there, but we got born again. The rest of the world is operating by the prince of the power of the air. Out of Hollywood, out of Washington, D.C., out of the United Nations, out of every area where Christ is not exalted, the satanic principality power of the air is the one imparting in thoughts. Why? Because the mind of man is darkened, through sin, which gives the enemy power to impart his thought into man. This is the battle. Now, you and I, we've been born again. We had our conversation. We were once there, but the devil doesn't like to lose what was once his, so he battles the believer in the mind, telling them that they're not useful. They're not worth anything. They're, 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 they're silly, and they're stupid, and they're no good, and they're, they're wrong, and they're bad, and he brings up the memory of their past or things that they once did and tells them about their phobias and their fears and their traumas and brings up their failures and all these different things. This The devil assigns the powers of darkness to the mind of every true believer because that's the treasure which stolen from him. You, who have been born again, were spared. You were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You have been born again. You have been translated. You have been set free, but the enemy wants you back. And so that's the battle of the mind. He wants to maintain that even though you're not around anymore doing what he wanted you to do, that he left something behind in you that eventually he'll be able to play upon and pull upon and bring you back. But if we're allowing the Spirit of God and the Word of God to work in us, we are destroying those strongholds, pulling down those strongholds. We're being washed in the blood of Jesus, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. No area no place in our mind the devil has as a stronghold now he may have nothing left because of the work of christ that has been done but he's such a liar and there's no truth in him what does he do he tries to suggest you need to come back he tries to suggest there's something still there but it's really not there it's a phobia it's a memory so the cleansing of the conscience and the subconscious is the cleansing of the memory the cleansing of the mind the cleansing of the thoughts of the heart. This is a washing. This is done by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is by the living water of the Holy Spirit, the river of God, which, by the way, is a crystal clear river flowing through every area of your inner life. And that crystal clear river is flowing and removing the debris of all the stuff that's been left behind by the powers of darkness, the work of what the enemy does, kind of like walking into a city that has just been hit by a hurricane. You see all the damages, but you got to clean it up. And the river of God, the Holy Spirit, is the cleanup crew that's at work in the life of a believer in the soul to clean up the damages done. Just because there's damages, the hurricane left, the demonic left, but he left behind a lot of trouble. That's how God salvaged us, our salvation, and then it begins the restoration. So you and I are in the process of restoration So throw up your hands, praise the Lord, don't give up, don't give in, and believe and have hope, joyful hope, that God who began a good work in you is going to complete it until the very end. This is part of the spiritual warfare, this is part of the spiritual battle, and I do believe that God who sent the Holy Spirit into each individual life has also brought each individual into the body so that there could be encouragement, edification, building up. There could be, you know, helping one another, caring for one another, getting your mind off yourself by serving others. There's an intention for the local ecclesia. There's an intention for it. Folks, I'll tell you what. In these last days, I can't imagine anything greater than becoming an ecclesia, living on planet Earth with a body of believers who are the bone of his bone and the flesh of his flesh, that occupy his mind and his mind occupies them. His heart is their heart. His word is their word. His thought is their thought. They move as a mobile tabernacle of God through the earth, demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God. Man, I, I believe that has to exist. I know it existed in the book of Acts. I know it absolutely existed. The power of God was so evident among the believers in the book of Acts that people around them did not dare bother them. We're coming towards Pentecost again. We are probably 31 or 32 days out from Pentecost. And the Pentecost is a celebration. And again, I want to remind you that what we're doing is celebrating something that's already been done. But for that individual tomorrow that will get born again and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's a fresh work for them. But the purpose of celebrating the Feast of the Lord is to remember. And we're going to remember like a man who married a woman and a woman who married a man maybe 40 years ago, but they're celebrating their anniversary, right? Because they're keeping it alive. They're keeping it fresh. They're remembering the day that they fell in love and they exchanged their vows. We do that. We do that on birthdays. We do that in anniversaries. We do that on different, you know, yearly holidays. I prefer the holy days. You can have the holidays if you want, but uh, the idea is to remember and to refresh So we're coming into the season of the Feast of Shavuot or the Feast of Pentecost, and it's all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God that was no longer just around and about, but actually entered directly into the heart of those who believed. And all who believe have access, and and God gives so liberally His Spirit to those who ask. And we have asked. And so what we want to see is the demonstration of the Spirit of God, because we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we want the kingdom of God to be activated in our personal lives, which is righteousness, it is peace, it is joy, and it's all contained in the Holy Spirit of God. So if you have the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has come into you, and righteousness, peace, and joy are aspects of that kingdom, and so much more, like the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Everything is the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we as Christians forget that we're in a battle on earth, and we forget that we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. We forget that the Holy Spirit was given to us to dwell with us forever, to be our teacher, our guide, our empowerer, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of wisdom, revelation. The Spirit of God is with us And if we forget that and we get into these battles trying to do it in our own strength, or we just simply try to use the Bible, uh, the words, well, it's the word and the spirit that work together. They are inseparable. You could have a Bible verse, but not until it's activated and made alive by the spirit of God. So it's the spoken word by faith energized by the spirit that brings the impact. So if you're going to say no weapon formed against me will prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment, and you speak that by faith and the spirit, now you have your faith allowing God's word and God's spirit to go into a situation and get the victory. And it is always going to be the word of God that gets the victory. Speak a word, but no Holy Spirit to energize it or give life to it. What did the Holy Spirit do with Jesus? He rose him from death. The words are dead. Anybody could read the words on this book, but not until the Spirit of God energizes them and brings them to life will they have active power. So the active power of God is the Word and the Spirit. And when one speaks that Word by the Spirit in faith, believing the Word and the Spirit have power, well, you're going to see impact. You're going to see change and transformation. So this is the battle that you and I are in. Don't forget, When you're in a battle, the Spirit of God is standing there in you. The Spirit of God is with you. The whole counsel of God, the wisdom of God. In fact, there's nothing you don't know. You have access to all wisdom. You have access to revelation. You have access to knowledge. You never, ever will be without knowing because the one who is in you knows all things. The spiritual man knows all things. The Spirit of God knows all things. He searches the heart. He searches the mind. He knows all things. So don't ever walk around saying, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. What you're saying is that I am not allowing the Spirit of God. But somebody asks you a question that you don't have the answer to immediately, just wait a second and ask the Holy Spirit, what's the answer to that? What is the answer to that question that I just got? Rather than just a quick, I don't know, because then you're denying the power of God in your life. Who does know? You see, you actually do know. You do know how to win. You do know how to get through. You do know how to get the job done. You do know how it works. You absolutely do, because you have the wisdom, the mind of God in you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You are fully equipped for the battle. You will always win. He always causes us to triumph, the Bible says. He he called us to be more than conquerors. We have the victory through our faith. Here's the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, in the power and the spirit of God, the word and the spirit. So you're going to need it. You're going to need it. We're all going to need it. You're going to need the power. You're going to need the spirit. Now, I'm waiting for Brian and Kathy to give me a shout here any moment now. 818-369-0326. Press 1 on the dial pad. And I will bring our dear friends and missionaries that have traveled from Honduras and they've been around different places. And uh, we want to get their heartbeat today. Uh, I think they know a little bit about spiritual warfare. Uh, I think they know uh, probably a lot about it. Because when you're on the mission field and you're going into areas that have been occupied by devils and witch doctors and satanic priests and you get involved with unbelief and doubt and false religion I mean you're in a battle and yet it's a glorious battle because the apostle Paul one of the greatest missionaries ever he went all these places and confronted all these things and he preached Christ right in the midst of it and his love for God was great. So Brian and Kathy we're going to welcome them to the broadcast today and say good morning, God bless you. How are both of you doing this morning?
2: We're doing we're doing great, Excellent. supernaturally blessed, yeah.
0: Excellent.
2: I thought I was actually we were in the queue already, but I forgot to push one when we when we when I dialed in. So we've been here the whole time. Just
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Listening that is awesome. The, the word of God, <laughs> beautiful.
2: Yeah, Praise
1: God, is, is His word. So-
2: Go for it. Yes. I, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm just thinking about you know as you're speaking about you know being a watchman. And what that actually means to to actually describe to people what that that looks like, and and everything that you you were saying is completely, I bear witness to everything you were saying yesterday on yesterday's program. We listened afterwards, but um, you know, everything just it, it just was just like bang, bang, bang. Everything was just connecting with exactly everything that God's been showing us. And I was thinking about the fact, like being a watchman, it's like it's almost like if I were going to get described, give a word picture of what it looks like, it was like a, you know, I have like this big screen with all these like data points all over the place. And I have the word of God that's in me. Right. And, and, and I'm just sitting there, I'm looking at everything and I'm connecting data points. So the word of God in me is connecting data points for what's going on in the world. What's happening in my life. What's happening with the things that people say to me and the situations and whatnot, you know, and, and, you know everything that you're talking about this morning just it just connects exactly with everything that we're experiencing and we've been talking a lot about spiritual warfare lately and just exactly what that looks like and and I think I think sometimes we have this perception of spiritual warfare where it almost looks like it almost looks like um, it's almost cartoonish I think sometimes in 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 the approach that we have with meaning that that you know, praying against demonic forces and everything is an aspect of spiritual warfare. Casting out demons in the name of Jesus is an aspect of spiritual warfare. But the very first thing that Jesus, way that Jesus warred all throughout the Bible, from the time that he was in the desert for 40 days being challenged by the, tempted by the devil, to when he went up against the Pharisees who were always trying to trip him up, is he was constantly, constantly warring with truth. You know, and we live in a world where it is so hard and the devil is always trying to trip us up. And just kind of an example that God really highlighted for me yesterday is, you know, this this children's home that I work in, we have some kids that are literally, I mean, seriously demon-possessed kids to the point where it's like, like you were saying, we're not even talking, I'm not even talking to the person sometimes. I'm sitting here having conversations with demons. And um, we've been having, we've been having a, a bunch of fighting and things like that going on. And, and, you know, gangs and, and kids throwing up gang signs and, and rival gangs wanting to fight each other. And, like, right in the classrooms, you know, it's, like, ridiculous. And, uh, but um, we, have, um, we have a Bible study there once a week. And we were talking yesterday about, you know, one, what it looks like to be a son and the fact that God disciplines his sons. It's Hebrews 12, um, twelve seven where it's like if, we're, if, if you're not disciplined, then you're, you're illegitimate. You're not a son. And um, so they were having a hard time with that. And, and so finally, I got into a conversation with two boys, and they asked me, they said, so they called me Mr. Brian. And so they said, so, Mr. Brian, is there anything anybody could say to you that would make you hit a kid? And I said, no, I, of course not. I wouldn't I – would, I'd never hit a kid. And then one of them goes, what if I hit your wife? You know, and I said, ooh, um, interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um yeah.
2: And, and, and I said, well, you know, I said, uh, I said that would be different. You know, that would be me defending my, the wife I love, you know. And then the other boy goes, is that biblical? And I'm like, well, you know, that's a good question. And I said, but, you know, let me just put it to you this way. Whether it's biblical or not, I, I, I like to think that, that I would never be pushed to violence. But if I am pushed to violence, I have two settings, off and on. And I just looked at him, and he said, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, but but the thing <laughs> is what I, the, yeah. the yeah. point the, the point that I'm making here is that I realize that like I'm sitting here i'm looking at i'm talking to little demons right inside these kids that are because sometimes these kids show who they really are, and you just see like the image of God and that God created them to be, and it just shines out, and then the demon takes over, you know, and I'm really aware that, that who I'm speaking to, and I realize that it's like it's there's always this probing the enemy's constantly probing looking for the points provoking. provoking not just provoking but looking for the points where he can hurt us You know, and it's and, and we need to be aware of these things But then it's like that's where the word of God needs to be in us, Amen. right? We can't just read the Bible. We can't just go to church and listen to a sermon and and it's like walk out and then just like it says in James, you know, look in the mirror and then walk away and forget what we've seen. You know, we really yeah, need to yeah. have the word of God in us, like just yes. in us, you know. And when I like, when I, when I'm researching the Bible now, it's like I have the word in me. Sometimes I have to go back and I have to look to see, get the coordinates because sometimes I mix the coordinates up in my mind, but I have the word in me, you know. And so it, it's just like, it's just so important. And we are in a time now where. Where, I mean, we're talking about preparing for what's coming, for this next birth pain that's coming, which I absolutely bear witness to. I, I, we it's, we don't know for sure what it is. We can speculate, but it's absolutely coming. But it's we're at the point now where, where I think it's Amos 8 where he talks about the fact that there'll be a famine of the Word of God in the land. And we don't live by bread alone. We live by the Word of God, you know. And and, and it's if we don't have that in us when this comes, We can have all the supplies and and, and water purifiers and everything ready to go. But if we don't have the word of God in us, we are going to get caught in the snare.
1: Wow. Absolutely amazing. Okay. We have an incredible agreement. I think a lot of people last week, I I heard throughout the entire week since we we met last week about this young man you told the story of. And I can't tell you how many men. And uh, women came up and said, "Man, I you know how is that kid that really touched my heart about that young man that we were talking, and I wanted to ask you his name, but I thought maybe on radio there would be a breach of some contract. I wanted his first name so we could get a prayer chain going for him. How is that particular situation going with the young man last week that you were talking about?
2: Um, well, I can't give you his name that's that's forbidden that's what specifically. I I'd be violated yeah, so I can't okay. give you his name, but um you know, he he um, he was softening up and hearing things. And one day, he just you know he said to me, uh, you know, if I change certain things about myself, I could be a good man.
0: You know, and wow. he's
2: he's um, he's heard the word of God. And and unfortunately, yesterday they took him out in handcuffs. Yeah, and so wow. but the thing oh, is, is, is yeah. it was such an it was such an example. It was such an example of to the other boys that you know, and we used it in, in our Bible study to, de- to to explain the discipline of God and the fact that it's like you have a choice, you have an opportunity. When they come to our facility, it's 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 probably the best facility that anybody any kid could get put in under the circumstances. Obviously, it's hard because they're they're taken out of families. All them don't have families and whatnot, and they get into trouble. And but but if you if you refuse to hear the word of god if you refuse to believe if you deny jesus even in spite of all the evidence that tells you to do otherwise there is a point where it's going to be too late and and you know i warned this kid over and over and over again i said please please you know it's like for your own sake for your own well-being you know just follow these simple rules they're not hard rules you know pull your pants up don't swear be respectful to people it's just it's really not that hard and he just did everything the opposite and um and uh you know he's off but the thing is is, his seeds have been planted and 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 i as i explained to to one of my coworkers yesterday who she was pretty she's pretty a little bit upset about it and even though we knew we knew he had to go because he was disrupting every everyone else you know all the other kids and causing so much damage and forming gangs and things like that and um you know I, i told her that like God showed me when we lived in Hawaii, we'd have, like, we'd plant something in the ground, squash in one spot, and then nothing would grow. And so then we'd plant plant it again, and nothing would grow, and plant again, and finally just ready to give up. And then we had, uh, one time we had 40 days of rain nonstop, this huge storm that came through, and everything flooded. And later on, the seed that I planted in one place had started to grow, like, about 40 feet in another part of the yard, you know. And so I started calling them storm seeds. And so one plants, one waters, only God gives the increase. But I think God just showed me that a lot of times with the populations that I've worked with most of my life, it's we're planting storm seeds. You know, there needs to be a big enough storm. There needs to be a, a big enough Hebrews 12 shaking, so to speak, in their life that causes the seed to grow. And so that's what, I, that's what I'm praying for, for, for this young man. And, um, you know I, I know, I know God can give the increase. I know that there will be people there in other places. You know, most people... Christians tend to go into fields like this because, well, it's it's you know, it's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of work to be done, and so I know I believe that God will will send somebody His way that will water the seed, yes. and and I pray that 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 you know God will give the increase that He'll surrender. So.
1: Amen. I absolutely stand in agreement with you. That's how it worked in our own lives. I mean, when crises hit when we were little kids. Uh, Thank God we were taken to places where Jesus was being taught. We didn't understand it, but it was very comforting. Um, One of the things that probably go right along with what you're saying is the kids that you're around, the humanity that's around us, we're not just dealing with people's psychology. Uh, Patricia Joy, my wife, of course, uh, who wrote her book, Deliverance to Christian Bill of Rights, made an incredible point when she said that this is beyond psychology, and you, it confirms in the Word of God that, I mean, you, I don't, we've read it so many times, but we've not really stopped uh, to really examine what it says, that, that we once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. And what that means is people just haven't come to faith in Christ yet and, you know, fallen on their knees and surrendered their life and and have begun that new born-again life. So the world we're talking to, the children that's around us, I mean, it it, it seems more reasonable to me in the spirit that we're not just dealing with their uh, deficiency of, you know, immaturity that there are spirits that are operating in kids' lives. There are spirits operating in teachers. There are spirits operating in people's minds, and they are under the prince of the power of the air. And that's kind of interesting when you think about it, that we're in a world that you kind of want it to be normal, but you're dealing with demonic spirits in people's thinking. And we're hearing them utter words. What do you think about that?
2: But I think that well, I on one hand I'm I'm questioning, are we becoming more aware to what has always been there? Or have things um as the the, the demonic forces that have been against us are they increasing? <laughs> you know, or and I think maybe it's a little bit of both. But you know, there's the things that we call normal, it's like Jesus said friendship with the world is enmity with God, right? Or, or James said that. But but um, it's, um, and it's the God of this world that blinds us. And so I think a lot of the blinding is in a lot of the things that we call normal. I think some of the things we don't – I think the contrast coming back from having lived in the third world for five and a half years and then coming back to live in the United States here in the first world, I mean, we have – friends here that we we love them dearly and but they're they're pursuing and they emphasize aspects of 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 christianity such as like look always looking for signs and wonders always going to you know if they hear that there's a prophet over here they're going to run to that prophet and and, you know come tell me what god says about me you know and and um and it's such a it's such a It sounds good, and it it seems good when you're there, and everybody's loving and kind, but at the same time, there's just this this fluff that is, I think it's actually working more on, on behalf of the devil sometimes than it is on behalf of God, and we pursue comfort, and we pursue pleasure, and we pursue entertainment, even in the church, it's like how many people go are going to a conference or whatever to, especially like a prophetic conference, for instance, to hear from the prophet or the man of God, how many people are going to really pursue the truth of God and how many people are going to really be entertained, you know? And it's, um, I think that, and I've been trying to write a blog about this and I haven't been able to get it out yet, but there's this thing where like the story of Narcissus, who is a uh, a Greek um, figure from Greek mythology. And, and basically the story is that, he, he saw a reflection of himself in the pool, and he fell in love with it and and that's where we get the uh, the word narcissism" from right self love and I think our culture we we are so
1: um,
2: we're just conditioned from birth to be so in love with ourselves that we don 't even really know that we're just so in love with our own reflections and I think that so much of what what I see happening in the body of Christ is people people intend to pursue Jesus but what they end up actually doing is is worshiping the their own reflection in God's eyes as they imagine it and and it's just such that is the norm i mean this is kind of the norm that i think that 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 uh, our society has us trying to cultivate and we don't even realize it we're we, we we want our comfort our blessing our prosperity we want our success you know we want to make our impact and i went online you know just looking i just I just looked up the word "world changers you know because one of the things that God really convicted me on the mission field was when I went on, I was going to be a world changer and I was like in all my all sincerity wanting to do something for God, I wanted to serve God, but you know I was looking at myself as a as a world changer and I was looking at other people that were called world changers and I wanted to be like them, I wanted to look like that, and I wanted to be I wanted to be able to see myself as god's right hand man in his special like you know, like the one that Jesus loved. You know?
0: <laughs> and and, yeah. Get it.
2: and um I I just it's it's just it's just so deeply ingrained in us that we don't really know how to separate it and so for I think that's one of the benefits of mission trips can be but then with short-term mission trips, sometimes the short-term mission trips reinforce the narcissism because everybody comes and they're taking selfies with the poor little kid in the dump and look what I'm doing and look what I'm doing for God and it gets posted on Facebook and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're so wonderful, you're so amazing, and it just kind of reinforces everything. But when you go and you actually live in a third world country and you actually live among the people, it's like... You begin to and you find out like wow I, if it weren't for these people I wouldn't live a week I'd be dead within a week you know and 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 you and you develop this sense of honor for the fact that they have absolutely nothing and so many of them have a deeper revelation of who God is than we could ever possibly have it's 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 humbling and um, I don't know I don't know how we I don't know how we get past that I don't know how we get past this except for I think it's the purpose one of the purposes behind God's judgment, behind God's discipline, you know, which is to bring us, it's the shaking. And it's the, it's the, uh, first Corinthians three fifteen, burning up, you know, whatever is not of him will be burned up or be be remained. And, 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 you know, for some of us, it's like, we're going to be saved, but through fire, you know, with all this stuff burned up. And I think, I think it's what's coming. And I think it's part of the reason why we've got to go through this and, um, yeah, and so this, there's so much of what we think we understand about what's good is, is, is not actually good. I think that's really what I'm trying to say.
1: <clears throat> yeah, well, you said a lot. It needs to be unpacked. There's a lot in there, a lot of treasure that you just was said. Um, I think maybe the proper response from every single uh, person that has accepted Christ is what Paul, who's a great example, the Apostle Paul, when he saw himself for who he really was, beyond his religion, beyond everything. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, oh, rotten to the core. He saw himself in a reality, but afterwards, he talked about the joy. He talked about the hope. He talked about the love. He talked about the great things that were happening because God was doing them. He said he didn't want to boast in anything that he did. He wanted to boast in everything that God did. And so it's a perspective um, the balance is is that, yes, if none of this is from us. Um, my self-serving, self-loving way is rotten to the core. The narcissistic way of my life is rotten to the core. Once I acknowledge that and I receive of him and I, I learn to love and walk in this, well, now I can have joy. I can have peace and do it as unto the Lord. Everything is unto the Lord. But I want to go back to something else you said. Um, and, and, again, that's just my minor little two cents into that thought. Uh, Again, it's very deep. Um, The people that are running all over the place to get a word, the word is before them. It's on their lap. It's called the Bible. I mean, there are enough words in the Bible if one would take the time to read it every day and kind of go along with it and maybe start in Matthew and go all the way to the book of Revelation or whatever. Uh, There's enough in there if you're searching and seeking the Word of God speaks very loudly as to what God has to say about us, who we are before him, what he, what he loves, you know, what he's doing in us and his promises to us and his, you know, just his great unconditional love. I mean, it's all there, anything anybody could ever want. But the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you know, we think uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit is uh, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge And we're thinking that, well, if I go to this person, they're going to give me wisdom and knowledge about who I am. But it's never really about that. It's always wisdom how to get something done, knowledge of what needs to be done, um, some direction in life. And I get that because each each one of these gifts is to bring edification of the body. So, yeah, there is a very deep self-serving situation going on in the lives of many of God's kids, maybe to a degree in our own lives. And we want to shake ourselves from that so we can get on with uh, becoming what God has called us to be. Please continue your thoughts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, and it's, um, and, and I, in fact, what you just said is exactly what I just told a a, a young man who's, um, you know, another co- a co-worker of mine and he's, He and his wife were trying to figure out whether they're supposed to stay here or go to Hawaii and uh, you know and he was he's been going and looking for prophetic words and looking for directions and things like that and I said to him you know it's like for me it's um you know we're so busy and we're so caught up in things that sometimes going looking for someone else to tell us what we're supposed to do or what God wants us to do is it's it's an excuse and really what it does it it points to yeah it's a hack (laughs) they're all looking for hacks what's the hack you know and and um, but what it really tells me is like Jesus said my sheep hear his voice you know and and that really it's an indication that maybe I'm not spending enough time with God and maybe I'm getting too caught up in all these things and all these activities and all these doings and I need to really be spending more time with God And you know he he received that but uh, I just it's just you know the, the context of what i was trying to say is is the things that we call norm the things that we want to return to and people are, are really hoping that we return to and not necessarily people that are listening here right now but i mean just in our society in general it's people are looking to go back to the comforts that they used to have and it's not going to happen it's not going to happen you know so
0: you know i do no. to use the analogy oh go ahead
1: no, no go kathy
0: Good morning. Well, God gonna, bless uh, you. Yes. Oh, God bless you too. It's great to be here. Um, yesterday in prayer, you know, I was sharing that too because of they had invited a, a seer lady, this a group of people here to interpret dreams and visions and everything in their house for two days, you know, and, and so I was just like, you know, if, if we were thirsty and there's lots of streams and rivers around, then there's the ocean and they all flow eventually into the ocean. Um, it's like if you were thirsty and want to get a drink of water, wouldn't you go up higher and go to the source of the water, especially the, the spring where the water comes out of the rock, where it hasn't been contaminated and cows haven't pooped in it, rats haven't been pooping in it, and you get your water from there, the pure source. You know, it's like why would we want to take a chance and drink from you know, a stream you know, 10 miles down the mountain from the source? And risk having uh, contamination in it. So I, I just, I That's just like that point. analogy. Yeah, it's a great analogy. And
1: why don't we take a look at First Corinthians chapter 12, just to you know get a reference to what we are talking about, and uh, a little Bible study here this morning, um, in First Corinthians chapter 12. And um, I guess a good place to start is at the beginning. So here's what we read. 1 Corinthians 12.1. Now concerning spiritual, and the word gifts in the King James is italicized, which means that they added that particular word to fit into the flow of the context. So now concerning spiritual gifts or things or just spiritual brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. I've got a very funny story to tell about that one day, but not now. Um, So anyways, verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, and that word is there on purpose, but the same Spirit. All right, so we have gifts that are coming from the same spirit. And there are uh, differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations. So what do we have? We have gifts. We have uh, operations. We have administration. We have all of this. But it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit So, everybody should profit in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit that is given as a gift. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different tongues, kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one in the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So it appears that the church at Corinth, Paul was teaching them that each one of the members, they've all received the Holy Spirit, but there are different functions or operations, manifestations, administrations, gifts of that spirit, and it was all designed for the body to grow. But then Paul comes to that church. And he says, your glory is not good. You've got sin in the camp. And I think it's what you were saying. The sin in your camp is muddying the waters of the Spirit. And the human reasoning seeps in there. And all these things get in there, and man's pride, and man's ego, and man's flesh. And it gets in the in the way. I think what Paul was advocating was the true one and only source, the rock, the water coming out of the pure rock, is the Holy Spirit. So keep the keep it clean. But sin was... Entering in, And how many times have we seen these guys, and again, I'm not being critical, but how many times have we heard the story about these great men that people from all over the world would flock to only to find out that they were alcoholics and homosexuals and using drugs, and yet behind the camera they were one way, but their lives, and while they're ministering telling everybody what they want to hear, here they were doing godless things. I mean, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, but you could guarantee those waters were muddy. And the people drank it,
0: mhm,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: yeah
2: so
1: I don't know how we got into all that today,
2: but I'm glad we did um, i think it's I think it's really it, it's it's a really important point, you know and and I guess I've read that scripture many, many, many many, many times, and i it's the first time I've actually caught the fact that they're glorying in <clears throat> they're glorying in their gifts and that there's there's sin mixed in and it's interesting the time that we're in right now where we're we're dealing with you know leaven and we're supposed to be sweeping leaven out of our lives you know and so I think sometimes sometimes we want to kind of gloss over the leaven but it's like Jesus said a little leaven leavens the whole loaf you know and we're I think we're in a period of time now where we really do need to sweep the leaven out of our lives and and some of this stuff is um, you know it, it's it's during the feast of leaven the, the the father the patriarch of the house would go and he would light a candle and he would go through the house at night looking for the leaven that was hidden you know and so there's we're a lot of times we're really good at getting the big clumps of leaven out of our life that are really there for everyone else to see but then there's the leaven that 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 nobody else sees and we don't see ourselves and we need to ask the holy spirit to like shine the light on it so that we can sweep it out not to condemn ourselves not to beat ourselves up right but, but because we want to be obedient to God. We want to be, we want to be um, you know, participating in the preparation of a spotless bride, right? And so I think, I think if, anybody, if anybody listens to any of these things that we're talking about and, and is engaged in self-hate and self-condemnation about sin and whatnot, well, that's sin itself, and that's actually a form of self-centeredness because, the, you know, the, the devil doesn't really care too much. I mean, he, he'll try to get us to sin if he can't, and if he can't get us to sin, he'll have us focused on, on trying not to sin, you know. But but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty, you know. And it's not a matter of white-knuckling it and trying not to sin. That is not what God does. God comes through and sweeps it out and delivers us, and it's gone. All we have to do is truly, truly surrender, you know. So it's... um. It's uh, it's really important. It's it's really important not to be obsessed with ourselves how bad we are, and not to be obsessed with ourselves with how amazing we are either. Because he's amazing, and and we were what it says in Ephesians chapter two. You know, we were children of wrath. We were his enemies. You know, and it's because we are in him now. In him, it's because of him that we are who we are today. So it's a subtle, but it's a very very important difference in how we how we listen to messages and, and when people talk. <clears throat>
1: Amen. Amen. I want to go back to the battle of the mind. Um, I want to go back there because I'm going to say something that the Bible says, but um, I don't think people really stop and think about this. Um, There is an underlying reality. There's a truth in the heart of every person on this planet, especially those who have not yet come to the cross and eradicated the condemnation, the sentence of death that is on them. Because the unbelieving world is condemned. It is condemned to death. And when we come to Christ, the atonement is made, and that is paid in full, and now we have life. But even in the life of believers today, um, there is an underlying reality that there is a force on this earth, in the spirit realm, there is a force that wants and desires and craves to kill us. Jesus said the devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. So there's a reality. We kind of know it, but we don't talk about it. And I don't know about you, but if you knew someone was waiting for you, uh, you know, in some, in some place to kill you, uh, that's a look could be a little unnerving. Now we trust in the protection of God but we know that this enemy who wants to kill us is just looking for some opportunity, an open door, give place to the devil, in other words, where the Bible says not to. And so the battle is in the mind for the enemy to either he's already in the mind established, which means he has opportunity. I mean, think about it. If the devil is in your mind, if the devil is in your soul, if the demons are in your conscience and they're active and they're operating, they are killing you. Now God's mercy may, you know, be laboring to get you to come to understand that this is a reality, or the enemy is bombarding your mind every single day, trying to weaken it, to break down the forces, to break down the protection, to get you away from trusting God or hoping in God or believing in God. And he's just every day, and you kind of get the feeling in these end times that this is the spirit. That is descending all over the world and God's people who are born again are going to have to continue to fight this battle. It's not like, you know, it's just a done deal. It appears to me that if we don't, you know, guard up and, and walk in the spirit on purpose and to get hold of what's going on in our heads, the enemy might prevail in many cases, your thoughts about this. I just want to get into the mind battle that's really going on right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and, and it I, it comes right back to being in the Word of God, so that the Word of God is is in us, you know. And it, 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 ge Jesus said this? The uh, the King of Heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And, you know, a lot of times we, at least I tend to emphasize the fact that that means I've got to, like, respond with with the sword of the spirit violently, meaning meaning not that I'm going to actually engage in physical violence, but there is, uh, when when the devil is coming at us like this, usually what happens, at least in my experience, is the spirit of fear tries to creep in, you know, and that spirit of fear could be just a fear just to speak the truth when the time comes, you know, and for whatever reason, And and, and, and I've learned that I take that as my cue that i've got to respond to violence, so I actually use use the devil trying to throw fear into my life as a prompting to speak the truth and um, and yeah, and I think that's that's really it is God does not want his truth spoken and and everywhere we look in the world the media especially it's just truth is completely totally perverted, and um you know we have a we have a a, a situation at our uh, um the children's home that i work at they actually have a lawsuit against the biden administration because we have kids go out into foster uh homes and we we have a voice in in what who those foster parents are and so they were trying to send you know christian kids into jewish homes and muslim homes and into same-sex couple homes and so they they put up a lawsuit because we're not going to do it and it's like you know It's like one of that I was having a conversation with a supervisor yesterday and um, you know I said Kathy had said a a few days ago that uh, you know do you think they're sending all these really really hard kids as like as an attempt to to cause us to fail you know and she said hmm you know there might be there there might actually be something to that so they've got spiritual warfare coming against us on, on, on like on that level you know and then there's this lawsuit and and but then right here so I'm talking to a professing Christian supervisor who said, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the Bible Belt, I'm a God-fearing, Jesus-loving woman, and I'm like, praise God, you know. And um, and she said, you know, I, I, I don't think we should be sending kids into Jewish homes and Muslim homes, you know. And she said, well, you know, and, and you know what, they wouldn't want to have Christian kids coming in their homes either, you know. And she said, I don't have a problem with the same-sex couples as long as they're loving. And that's when I said, whoa, 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 She goes, well, yeah, but we're not supposed to judge. And so I, then, you know, I just laid it out. And this is a supervisor, and I just, like, but I spoke with authority, like, in a way, like, at first I thought, like, well, maybe I'm being a little bit too hard and bold here. But I just laid it out. I laid out the crino, and a crino, the, you know, um, Matthew uh, 7, 1, versus Second uh, Corinthians, you know, 5, um, or First Corinthians 5, uh, you know, that a righteous man judges all things. And... <clears throat> And then I, and I just explained the, the or, God's order with man and woman and father and what's happened in society with fathers being taken out. And, and she just kind of like was wide-eyed, stepped back and just said, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> but, but, the, but my point here is, is that there was that, there was that, here's a supervisor, here's something that, like, not everybody that works there is a Christian, and so even though we can preach Jesus, sometimes we have to tread lightly with our with our peers and with our supervisors, and I just, like, the spirit of fear came in and said, shut up, shut up, shut up, don't push it, and I just pushed through, and I just I just declared God's truth to her, and it, and it went well, but I think we're coming into a time where it's not going to go well for us sometimes, and I think the fact that because we're trying to hold on to the norm, to get back to the norm, to hold on to the life that we have, you know, that we're not speaking truth as much as we should. And and it's not going to get easier. You know, I know there's this belief that the kingdom, it's going to be on earth as it is in heaven now, and we're basically in the millennial reign, and God's people are going to take over. And there's going to be this fantastic revival. But but uh, I believe revival is going to come, but... It's going to be in the midst of horrendous persecution, tribulation, and pressure. People are going to come because they're desperate and and we need to be bold now. we need to speak truth when, when 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 the Holy Spirit prompts us, and we need to take the fear that the enemy throws at us as the prompt to push through
1: yeah, the difference is between the sir and the re the sir and the re yes sir re, but the sir is the survival. And the re is the revival. And I think people are misunderstanding uh, what this time is. It's not about revival. It's about survival. And I, I really believe that with all of my heart. And, you know, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling that a supervisor of a Christian camp, and this is not a reproach or a point of finger. It's just, it's like, how do people get in mind that you could send a child that you're bringing to a Christian facility to try to get going in the right direction Would you go to a homosexual or lesbian family when they are going to shape your thinking into something that God calls an abomination and is dead? I mean, I spent an hour and a half, almost two hours yesterday, dealing with that issue so rawly, man, did we hit something in the spirit realm, but it was, its and yet I hear these reports and I go, maybe because nobody's saying anything, people come to these ideas that, oh, I don't mind if they go into that environment. You would send a child into an environment that God condemns and cause an abomination? I mean, it it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But you see how blindness can come upon any one of us that are not staying true to the Word of God. And when we get into Mm -hmm. our emotions and our reasonings and our psychology, you know, demons can manipulate us. Demons are trying to teach us. They're behind pulpits. Satan manifested to an angel of light. He's he's ministering to congregations all over the world. Obviously, I mean this is just really bizarre. But, um, okay.
0: Yeah, it's okay. like friend. It's like being a friend with the world. You know, people have are they've got one foot in the kingdom of the world and one foot in the kingdom of God, and it's not going to work. And the house divided against itself will not stand. And I think. Also, they've got the fear of man. They want, or they want to be liked and accepted, and not offend people. But my, my goodness, look at Jesus offended people all over with the truth. And if they, you know, persecuted him, will they not reject us and persecute us and call us every name in the book if we stand for truth? And um, yeah. we, yeah. go ahead.
1: No, it's okay. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing.
2: There's a, I forget there's an apologist I forgot the name of the who he is but uh, but one of the things he says is that it, it basically if, if if you were arrested for being a Christian would there be enough evidence to convict you and I think it's one of the que- yeah, questions of we need to you know, start asking ourselves because um, it's it's a. Uh, it is, it is survival. It's not, it's not this re- revival that's going to bring forth prosperity that's coming, and, but it's eternal survival that we're fighting for right now because, uh, you know, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people, I think maybe it was you that were saying the other day, just the revelation that you had to be kind to people, or maybe it was your wife, Patricia, to be kind to people because a lot of the people that we look at today are going to be dead soon. You know, and it's just this this fact that it's like, what does kindness really look like? And what does love really look like? And you can't divorce love from truth. Uh-huh. There's no such thing as loving a person while telling them a lie or allowing them to just sit there with a lie and not counter it. You know, and so we really need to be, we, we really need to be bringing Jesus into every situation possible, but especially those situations where we're afraid to open our mouth for whatever reason it is. And it's usually because we're afraid to offend somebody, but Jesus is the stone of offense. You know, people are going to be offended. They're going to be offended, and some people are going to get over it, and they're going to be saved, and some people are going to perish. They're going to go, you know, and that's all there is to it. But we're in, we are in the last days here, and uh, yeah, I don't, it's um, we're missionaries. So we're missionaries in America now. So nothing's changed for us except for our location. So yeah, and there's a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, Go ahead, Brian and I used to be like. Okay, what does that mean to walk in the spirit? Remember, we had all those, and we were like trying to be all um, theological and stuff. But, but you know, it's for me. i know, This sounds weird, but like, I think back to your um, question, what you were talking about, like how the devil is lurking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Us, uh, you know, who are attempting to walk in the truth and trying to, and uh, we just the more you get the word in you and the more you spend real time face to face with God. And yeah, that's in your quiet time together with him. But like, it's weird. Like when I go out for a walk and say I'm walking with Brian or we're going to a mall, they don't have those here. But like, say we spend the day together and we go, we talk back and forth. We enjoy our company. We sit down and, you know, we do things together. Where should we go now? And, but like for me, When walking the Spirit, that's how I walk with Holy Spirit. I talk to him everywhere I go. I don't care where I'm at. Oh, what's this, Lord? You know, it's just like he never leaves me. I'm having a complete conversation with him all day long. You know, and if I'm with someone else, you know, then I'm talking with them. But Holy Spirit hasn't left the conversation, you know. And it's like, um, but he's just part of me. and, and, And I think, you know, I ask him. You know, I and we need to come and say, where did I miss it, Lord, and check ourselves and ask him, God, correct me, is this wrong? And, you know, for the littlest things, and I invite conviction all day long. It's such a beautiful thing when you get, like, a the gift of repentance, you know, because, like, all of a sudden you're closer to God instantly. We shouldn't be afraid of having to check my heart. You know, we check our own heart, and then, Lord, did I miss something? And I'm not saying that I'm perfect at all, but it's just it's just a mindset um in walking in this world, and concerning the times we're in, like if, as believers, when you read Matthew 24, and if you really believe that these things are approaching, we're in them, as well as parts of the book of Revelation are playing out, then we would be better prepared for when it happens. If we're going to stand on a fence and go, I don't know, you know, and, or deny it, that it, God it can't do this. He just can't. He's too good. I just don't see, you know, then we're just going to be caught off guard and we're going to be in a really bad situation when and if it does happen. So, you know, we really have to take the whole word of God and believe it at face value, no matter how hard it is to swallow, you know, and believing that Holy Spirit's walking with us through this. He'll never leave us. And it's the only thing that, you know, I don't have any fear because I just, I'm just too walking with the whole Spirit of God is with me. You know, I, that fear just does not come in. And I want the truth. I want the hard truth. We have to surrender that. Do you want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, even the hard truth? Well, that's the only way to survive what's coming is, is, is ingesting that truth and knowing he's going to walk through the fire with us in that truth.
1: You know, I have such a deep appreciation for what you're saying right now. And, you know, this week is leading up to Mother's Day. And um, I I have such an appreciation because uh, what you just described um, about your walk with the Holy Spirit, your relationship with the Holy Spirit, Patricia Joy Uh, walks the same way. She has ever since I've known her. We're talking, we're getting into 40 some odd years. And when I hear about these godly women, and and New Wine Ministries is filled with women just like this, who have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and are walking with God, and they're not walking in their thinking, they're walking in the Spirit. They're literally developing this relationship. And when you see somebody that has a genuine relationship and how it's affected their character and has changed them, from the inside out, it's beautiful. And um, I just want to say to all the mothers out there, I want to say to all the women, you know, God bless those of you who have been through life's experiences. You've been forced to get your roots down deep and to discover God in a new and living way, in a very real way, not a religious way, and to develop a relationship uh, with God that is admirable and you know, I, I have that. Brian, you have that in your wife. I, I praise God that, um, you know, we're very, very blessed because, you know, I get out here and I'm just like the unthinking uh, voice box. I just say whatever God says to say. I read it in the Bible and I probably go through more stuff than, than most people can imagine. Uh, but God is keeping mm-hmm. us together by the grace of God. And um, but yeah. thank God there are people that are genuinely every day. Lord, what you, what shirt should I buy? You know, should I get two percent or one percent milk today? Should I even buy milk today? I mean that relationship <laughs> is so real it is so rich, it is so i know it's real I mean we have it to a degree, but uh, I just admire people like uh Patricia and Kathy and all the others that are walking in the spirit this way. I think it's
0: perfect
2: I think it's beautiful amen yeah amen
0: it's encouraging for one another for each other, yeah. And it-
2: it's the reason why we have, you know, why during the Shabbat they read Proverbs 31 because the women are the light bearers, and and uh, and that you know Mary brought the light of the world. You know, she bore the the light of the world, and uh, and um, it's sometimes there's, the church has has turned Ephesians 5. You know, husbands, uh, wives submit to your husbands. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. They put such an emphasis on like the that it turned it into this unholy domination of, of, of women and, and then, you know, unbelievers have used that a, as a way to like kind of, uh, you know, persecute the church basically. But, but really it's, it's an it's just like an appreciation for God. It's like part of the way I work, you know, God speaks to me in my life is through my wife who he's blessed me with, you know? And it's like, um, yeah, it's because we, we teach a uh, a woman's uh, recovery class every every Friday. You know one of the things one of Kathy's favorite scenes from The Passion of the Christ is is as Jesus is nailed to the cross and as they're beginning to um, to to raise him up to lift him up right Mary is on her knees and she stands up and she's clutching two fists full of earth and as as he as as the post the cross post drops into its support hole. She releases her hands and of, of, of the earth that she's got in it, you know? And I think it's just that we have so much to learn from the submission of women to the, to the will of God. You know, they, they, they bring children into the world and then they have to release them. And, And it's just, there's so much that God speaks to us through them if we'll listen, you know? But, um, on the other hand, there's, there's the releasing that, the, that Jesus talked about where in Luke 14, we were talking about 1426. We're talking about this with the boys yesterday in a Bible study. And, and you know, the, the, the guy who actually leads it, um, you know, he just said, like, he read Matthew 1426, unless you hate your father, mother, brother, wives, um, brother and sister, you cannot be my disciple. You know, and so the boys right away, they, they're asking me, like, uh, so, Mr. Bryan, would, would you leave your wife for Jesus? And I said, well, yes. He said, oh, would she leave, your, leave you for Jesus? I said, absolutely. But the foundation of our relationship is Jesus. And that's that's the reason why we're together. And so uh, there's, it's just illustrates, I think, just the fact that it's like, in our lives, at this point in time, there's so much of, We need to learn from Mary. We need to learn from that, that, that releasing and just realize that there is the only hope that we have is in Jesus right now.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, to me represented, um, you know, every, every earthly, worldly hope of Mm -hmm. him, not of keeping him off that cross. And so when she released it now, she's like, all right. And that's, that's kind of like how with all the um, tribulation that I've been through with my own children and and with situations concerning them mostly is like it's just that over and over just like okay this is the answer is not going to be in this world it has to be a supernatural answer okay and I don't know that right now so God I'm going to lean on you because you do I give up there's no natural hope anymore it's all supernatural in you the hope
1: amen amen There is a day approaching, and I'm speaking about the day of Pentecost uh, at this moment. And for anybody that's been married and celebrates an anniversary, uh, there's two different ways you could celebrate an anniversary, okay? For example, it's probably more, but I'm thinking uh, a a married couple, uh, they, they were married 25 years ago, 30, 40, 50, whatever it is and they are their anniversary date is coming and they can take that moment of remembering the the day that they exchanged their vows and they can just remember it and go yep i remember you know 25 years ago on this day we got married and i'm so glad that we did and, and we exchange a little gift here and there um but one could also go a lot deeper and desire like it says in the book of revelation concerning the church at ephesus unless you return to your first love and sometimes through time you know relationships they kind of they harden together they're good they're together but the refreshing the going back the remembering of that first love i think everybody remembers what it was first like uh when we got into our relationship into our marriages in a in a positive way um you know Everybody comes in there, but there was that moment of love was there. I don't want to live without you. I don't want to be on this planet without you. Uh, you know, you're everything to me, and you're in love with this individual. And now you're celebrating that time, and there's there's an ability to go back there and say, I want that first love. I want that refreshing, that that – and the day of Pentecost – could be a day if we go, yeah, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit came in Jerusalem in an upper room, and they all got filled with the Holy Spirit, and you could knowledgeably identify that day, but there's such a desperation right now, maybe like in a marriage in some cases, but there's a desperation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to become a reality in the life of believers. We need a refreshing. We need those who have gone to this point and have remained faithful to the Lord and you know, the, the warfare has been incredible. We need an outpouring of the spirit of the living God to take to, to hit us. I mean, a double portion. We need the supernatural. We've been walking in faith. We've been doing the works the way that God did it. But why not go back to a time uh, in, in the lineage of the body of Christ that we're connected to and say, my God, if it happened at the beginning, so shall it be at the end. And and to expect and to come together and go, yeah, uh, the anniversary is coming. The the feast is coming. The memory of what the Spirit of God is all about is here. And I want to receive the full benefit, not just in my memory of what happened to them, but I desire to experience the sound from heaven. I desire to experience the fire of God. It will probably be different today because we're in a new day and we're transitioning into something glorious eventually, but... What about that? What about just the Spirit of God preparing, dear Jesus, dear Father in heaven, we need your baptism. You know, we cry, Holy Spirit of the living God, make yourself known to believers all over the world who you're kind of masked in. You're in them. They know you're in them. They say they have you, but they know so little. What is it that we can expect in this time. And do we, do you perceive that we need a baptism as an Ecclesia globally, personally, locally, Uh, Brian and Kathy, do you sense that we, if we don't get it, um, you know, how will we ever really endure the great tribulation?
2: Yeah. I, and, and, but you know, it's, it's interesting. I always go back to Acts chapter two. And, you know, after Peter preached his sermon and told them they need to be uh, repent and baptized, and, they, and it says, starting in, in verse 42, 242, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And that word fear is phobeo, right? It's um, phobos, which is, it's terror, dread, terror. And it, a lot of translations translated into reverence and awe, but I've, that the, the word fear in that place just it, it it um it just has always really stuck in my mind. And it's you know here I am I'm looking at, at Peter who just got everything wrong the entire time he walked with Jesus he never got it and even after he's resurrected he still didn't understand he still looked at John and wondered if John was the one that was gonna going to uh you know betray him and and uh, long after. <laughs> jesus had been crucified and you know and here they are and, and this the holy spirit falls and and the way i see people expecting holy spirit to fall it's just with this people are trying it's like they're sunbathing in the presence of god is what it looks like to me sometimes and it's like but here it says fear came upon every soul and wonders and signs were done by the apostles right and it's like what is that fear you know, it was the fear of God that fell on them. They weren't just lounging and basking in, in in a you know gold dust cloud in the presence of God and just kind of like it's almost like it's it, it's almost like people expect the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the presence of God to kind of feel like a, a hit off a marijuana joint or something sometimes. And it's like, but here they're talking about absolute terror came upon every soul. And I think that that um, that that we need the fear of God to fall. And that's actually what we we've been praying here. You know, I think I talked last week about, about uh, H. A. Baker, Roland Baker's grandfather who gave uh, just spontaneously God told him to give David Wilkerson a a, a big check, you know, way back at the beginning of his ministry. And, uh, and, uh, but they were in China and they weren't, they were, you know, they were trying to minister to the boys and everything. They were trying to do a school kind of like what I, as I imagine it, like what, what, what I'm a part of here in, in East Tennessee and uh, but you know, fear came upon every single one of those boys and they were under their desk weeping and crying and repenting, you know, and, and I think that the baptism of the Holy spirit that we're crying out for is, is, not only is it going to look like that, but I think it really needs to look like that, and I think that's what we need to be really praying for. Yes, we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we want the we want this gift of repentance and the fear of God to fall on people, and that's that's what the double outpouring is going to look like, and that's where things are going to are going it, we're going to proceed from that point you know so um
1: amen, amen. that's beautifully said. Absolutely. Totally agree. Hey, we've got about three minutes left in the broadcast. We've got some appointments this afternoon we're going to get to and some other work we're doing. Um, any Anything that Brian and Kathy you want to share with uh, our listeners, they, they love you dearly and uh, respect and honor your ministry. Uh, anything you'd like to leave everyone with today, each one?
0: Well, I just like to comment on that same uh, note you guys were talking about. Um, I was... This kind of came in during the prayer, like people are always praying and that more we need your spirit, we need your we want more and more and more of you, God and and this picture of uh this of like um an alcoholic holding, you know, a bottle in one hand and maybe a joint in the other and he's like it's just like that, like, come on, help me get clean. Can you help me get clean and sober? Well, you need to put down that bottle and you need to put down that joint. You know, and then we can talk about helping to get sober. And so when when we're sitting there, more God, more, 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 well, you know, are we not a vessel? What's in our vessel that's keeping God from pouring more in? We need to get and I believe it goes back to the leaven, the things of the world. And and, and Mary holding on to that dirt. Our hope is still in some things of the world the government of this world and or you know in our retirement or the or whatever you know our hope is still we've got these ropes going into the tentacles that we really have hope in the natural world uh, and God's like I want all your hope placed in me and um, and that was the picture I got yesterday of the guy like he wants more but hey you, you need to put down that stuff so we can give you more you know and so I would Amen. just encourage all of us, and it's a daily process. Is like, where, am I, where is my hope still in this world, God? Because I want all my hope in you, you know. And um, so that's the question I would say that we need to ask ourselves daily and allow Holy Spirit to highlight those things. And we, we just slowly lay them at the cross without knowing how it's going to be replaced by God, you know, but trusting him because he says, that's faith. You know, it's impossible to please him without faith. And when those, the book of Acts, man, they were so fresh. They walked with Jesus. They saw his crucifixion. They saw and were there his resurrection. They they heard about it, you know, and they saw the evidence of it. And that's the fire that, you know, through these thousands of years that have been lost. And that's why he said, you know, blessed are you thomas that sees these holes in my hand but ble- not blessed is you but blessed is the man that doesn't see this you know and believes and so here we are 2000 years later and um you know we should be having that fire that jesus you know was born of the virgin mary was crucified for our sins and resurrected thank god you know all for the redemption of us to bring us back to the Father and um, and to empower us with Holy Spirit to walk these last days out. So that's what we need to bring into remembrance. That's what these things are all about to help us. You know, and I, it's good to hear that you're taking that communion every day, but, but God forbid that it turns into, not that it is with you, but it's so easy to have it to turn into a ritual. I did it, it, you know, oh, I better do communion. You know, it's like, let's just really... Um, really take this and and appreciate that this has happened and we are now sons of God. Like people would ask me in church, how's your day going? I'm like, are you kidding me? My goodness, the spirit of the living God resides in me. Hello? Oh, my gosh. Is there anything more exciting than that? Sorry. I'm just like, (laughs) that's my answer. It's like, come on. The spirit of the most high God lives inside of us. We have favor with Him. Hello, people. Come on. How can you sit down and, you know, <laughs> and wondering? So yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah.
1: All right. Awesome encouragement. Awesome encouragement. Brian, anything else before we leave today? This is good.
2: <laughs> Thank God for our light-bearing wives in Jesus' yeah, name. Exactly. Yeah, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we
1: love you guys so very much, and thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today and to just break bread and fellowship in the Word of God. Uh, we'll look forward to doing it again real soon. As always, everybody would like to know when we're going to get to meet Brian and Kathy, so keep us in mind over yeah. here in Arkansas, and uh, remember we're here for you. God bless you, and uh, thanks for joining me today, you guys. We'll see you next week for sure. Lord.
0: God really. bless you. Yeah. You guys, we think about you every day. We're praying. We're praying. Thank you. We're with that. you
1: every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate we that you. very, very much. We love you. All right, behave yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Shalom. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm Shalom. Blessed. Bye. All right, that's it for our broadcast today with Brian and Kathy. And um, what a great, great, just a great time breaking bread and staying in fellowship. There's a screen uh, for those of you that are watching on YouTube or Facebook or uh, even watching us on Rev Media on the Omega Radio um, website. Um, there has been a phone number on there. It's 479 3774 It's been on there through the entire broadcast. And on the other side of that number is an intercessory prayer team, um, people that will pray. And, If you have, in this hour, something in your life you're struggling with, you are in your mind battling, and you need help, call the number. Uh, This is a totally organic thing that we're doing. We're not doing it any other reason other than someone said that God put it in their heart, and they, they, they will pray. And regardless of your situation, how heavy it may be, Maybe you need somebody to come alongside and help you bear the burden. We know that Christ, Jesus, is the burden bearer for all of us. He carries the burden of the whole world. But we are to also carry one another's burdens according to the word of God. Each man will carry his own. But there's are times we come alongside him for prayer, for intercession. Call that number, 479-233-3774, and you will... Receive what you're looking for and let them stand in the gap with you. Let someone help you, come alongside of you. Uh, Don't go it alone, especially when it comes to your mind. Don't go it alone. Keep your mind in the will of God. Keep your mind in in the absorption of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit saturate your thought, your mind. Keep speaking the word of God. Move in the spirit of God's word and just... Keep your mind. Put the helmet of salvation on. Take every thought captive. Bring it into the obedience of Christ. This is a battle, a battle of the mind. So fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. But if you need help, you get the help. This is what the local body is for. We love you. It's been an honor to be with you. I want to thank uh, a couple of people that have blessed the ministry with not only their prayers and their love for the ministry, but their financial gift thank you uh for the uh the gifts that did come in you know who you are may the lord bless you richly multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness tomorrow i hope to be on the air with pastor jeff bass and friday with brother don huddle so we'll see how things go uh stay the course we'll see you tomorrow i pray and trust that today's broadcast with brian and kathy was a very fruitful, and meaty conversation, something to chew on throughout the day and the days ahead, okay? Phil, we see you again, God bless, over and out, shalom.